Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Everybody's working for the weekend. Loverboy sang it. Chris Farley danced to it. But that song title just doesn't hold true for the 2019 Red Sox. The Sox have now dropped each of their last four weekend series. Astros, Astros, Yankees, and Rays. All of them World Series contenders, all of them making the Red Sox look a day late and a dollar short of where they want to be. The good news is we are about to give you top value for your money. Steak for the price of chicken, baby. A weekend recap podcast, and here it is on Sox Daily. It's your Daily Sox Podcast. It's your Daily Sox Podcast. It's where you're going to find out what the Sox are doing. So Alex Cora won 108 regular season games as Red Sox manager last year, as you probably know. 119 overall on the way to a, a ride on a duck boat. Well, famously this offseason, he basically said you ain't seen nothing yet, and... Really, that's kind of true. We ain't seen nothing yet. Seven games under 500 against teams with winning records. Uh, Sox are mired in third place in the AL East. Josh Lewin with you. And all I could think about pondering this year's Red Sox being 34 and 32, and last year's Red Sox being 72 and 32, uh, I thought of the movie Anchorman 2. I don't know about you guys, after the original, and I heard they were coming out with part two. I was so excited, and I believed Will Ferrell when he told me, yeah, you know what, if you like the the original Anchorman, this thing's going to be even better. And I believed it, because it's the same cast. Everybody now can kind of sharpen their wit even more. They know what works for these characters. I could not wait to go see Anchorman 2. And you may know exactly how that turned out. It was horrible. I mean, I don't know if I've ever walked out of a movie... I don't think I ever have. That's as close as I've ever come. And it was like somebody punched me in the head. It's like, come on. You're doing this to my franchise? I mean, I've quoted from this movie for six years now. Love these characters. Went to Halloween parties as Brick Tamland. You know, could do basically the entire script verbatim. And now you're going to make me watch this thing? That's kind of where I am right now. And I know a lot of you are, too doesn't mean it's going to turn out i mean it doesn't have to be that we all want to walk out of this movie it just kind of feels like it right now doesn't it i had the same reaction years and years ago actually to another sequel that i thought would be great and then upon further review no they put jackie mason in it and took chevy chase out and i'm talking of course about caddyshack caddyshack 2 was the pits as well but anyway uh, what a weird thing to ponder here tampa bay and boston the road team seven and one in the season series now. Uh, the, the Sox are 500 at Fenway Park. They're 15 and 15. 
They're a very uncomfortable 13 and 20 now against teams with records of better than 500. And for a team that was 57 and 24 at home a year ago, 41 and 33 against winning teams last year, I think that that kind of sells the narrative, doesn't it? That 2019 and 2018 are very simply two very different years. Tampa Bay's pitching, we got to give it credit. I mean, those guys have been downright extraordinary. The Rays with a 2.95 staff ERA. And if you go to 1991, only last year's Astros and the 2014 A's had a sub-3 ERA through 60 games. Last team to do it over a full season, the 81 Yankees. And that year was abbreviated by a strike. Last team to do it over the, the full 162, the 1974 Oakland A's of Catfish Hunter, Vita Blue, and Raleigh Fingers. So, uh, you know, the Red Sox had a reason to believe they could crack the Rays' superb pitching. I mean, they, they were coming back from a six-game road trip, and they won four of those six games, the last four. They scored seven or more times in, in each of those wins. So the Red Sox coming in, averaging five-and-a-half runs a game for the year, trailing only the Twins, and you're thinking, okay, you're back home You've got your mojo back. You just kicked the crap out of Kansas City. But but Tampa Bay is a different challenge, and we know that. I mean, Austin Meadows and Tommy Pham are having great years. They're both playing for different teams this year than they were at this point a year ago. Meadows from the, uh, or Meadows from the Pirates in the, uh, the Chris Archer trade, and a guy that you, you might have heard this. Uh, Pirates took him with the ninth pick of 2013. That was two picks after the Red Sox took the lefty Trey Ball who has a 7.5 ERA at Double A Portland this year. Yeah, they, they could have had Austin Meadows. And Meadows wasn't great with the Pirates last year. He was okay. But he's taken off like a, a freaking rocket this year. A 350 hitter. He's got a 2.5 war. Pham, of course, has been terrific ever since he's been over from St. Louis. And then that gets us to the Tampa Bay pitching. These guys have allowed two runs or fewer 31 times. Red Sox have done that 16 times. And the 2.95 ERA in this day and age, that is astonishing. So uh, the Red Sox, again, against the top guns this year, if you go just Houston, New York, Tampa Bay, no Minnesota yet, that'll change in a week. They're only 7-13 and against the really good teams. And as we unpack the weekend, Friday, it was a 5-1 to loss. Yanni Chirinos, just spectacular. He retired the first 15. He faced an order on only 50 pitches. He finally walked Brock Holt to start the sixth. But it was five and a third innings of no-hit ball. He ended up going eight innings of two-hit ball. Longest start by a Rays pitcher since last April. Mike Shawarn finally got into a game for, uh, for Boston in this one. He'd been sitting around for eight days. And it gave us enough time to, to get really nervous about how to say his name, too. It's S-H-A-W-A-R-Y-N. And it's Ukrainian, if that helps. It's like Wally Zerbiak or Wayne Gretzky. And, you know, I mean, those, those guys turned out fine. Mike Ditka was Ukrainian. It was a lot easier to figure out how to pronounce Ditka. But he says it's Shawarn, like I'm, I'm trying to shawarn you about uh, the impending Texas Rangers series. And we'll, we'll get to that in short order. But uh, he retired six of the first seven that he faced. So it was great to see him do that. That was after Rick Porcello went six innings of four-run ball. Only one walk, which is very Rick. Uh, six innings for the eighth time in his last nine starts, but they, they just couldn't get anything going against Torino, so they lost 5-1 to one on Friday. Saturday was the split doubleheader. They lost the opener 9-2, to two, and that one was bad because Ryan Yarbrough had came, uh, come into that game with a six-and-a-quarter ERA. He left with a 5.3. Red Sox started the 31-year-old righty journeyman Josh Smith. That's uh, you know, a guy that's been in four organizations in the last four years. He's been dropped by the A's, the Reds, the Mariners, and just kind of a, a space filler. 
So, uh, I don't know if you really expected much. Josh Taylor pitched an inning here. A uh, couple other guys got in, but a 9-2 to loss and just another step back. And it, it just makes you kind of get reminded, I guess. I mean, here's one team with the highest payroll in baseball, and the Sox are basically carrying a lot of fringy major leaguers right now. You know, with Nate Evaldi out, Moreland out, Johnson out, Pierce out, Velasquez out. Uh, you know, Marco Hernandez came back up. And we'll get to that in a moment. But uh, anyway, game two was much better Saturday. That was a 5-1 to one win. David Price coming through on, on the Saturday night game. And it was six innings, ten strikeouts from Price. Exactly what they needed. Get back to him in a moment. But uh, Moreland, you might have mentioned or you heard me mention that it was a, an injury situation for him. He's out again. It's a different injury, but it's another trip to the injured list. He left the Friday game with a right quad strain. He had just come back after missing 10 games with the lower back strain. And J.D. Martinez has been dealing with a sore lower back. That's an issue. So uh, Marco Hernandez up. You might remember he was playing very promisingly early in 2017. Then he hurt his left shoulder. Missed 17, missed 18. Three separate shoulder surgeries on his long road back. It was great to finally have him back. But it comes up against things like Rafael Devers being 0 for 12 and five strikeouts in the series. Devers is still an all-star, don't get me wrong. And I know he might have some people uh, kind of yelling the other way that Gio Urshela should go, uh, along with, obviously, Chapman in, in Oakland. But uh, Devers with an 845 OPS, that's about 40 points higher than Urshela. So don't at me, so to speak. Kid's 22 years old. He's had an amazing May and mostly a very good June, just not a good weekend. Hey, is Andrew Bogarts an all-star? I think he is. He's having one of the best years of his career hitting around 300, OPS over 900. I know you've got Minnesota's Jorge Polanco hitting 336. He's got an OPS of 980. And you've got the usual, you know, Francisco Lindor camp. And Tim Anderson has become quite famous this year, so he'll get some play. But I think Xander Bogarts is an all-star. Back to Price real quick before we move to the Sunday game. I think David Price is an all-star, too, because you're looking at a 2.7 ERA, close to 11 strikeouts per nine innings. This would be his sixth all-star appearance, but his first as a Red Sox. And if you're you're not paying attention here, David Price, he's got the seventh best winning percentage since 1908 in Major League Baseball. He's 656. That's ahead of Sandy Koufax. He's behind only Kershaw, Whitey Ford, Pedro, Lefty Grove, Roy Halladay, and Roger Clemens. That's pretty cool that four of those top seven have Red Sox pedigree, I would say. So, on to Sunday, and not a very scary lineup at all. I mean, they were trying to get a lot of righties in there against the great Blake Snell, who was 3-0, 1.08 against the Sox a year ago, won the Cy Young Award. First ever 20-game winner with as few as 180 innings pitched. And the first AL lefty with 20 wins and a sub-2 ERA since Louisiana Lightning, Ron Guidry, for the Yankees 40 years before. Eddie Rodriguez in the Sunday game for the Sox, and he leads the team in wins, at least for starters, with six of them. Red Sox have been 9-1 and one in his last 10 starts. He's pitched five or more innings, six straight starts. So some pretty good things starting to happen for Eddie. But then the curtain goes up on the game. Tampa Bay pecks out a couple runs in the top of the first. Bottom of the first, Snell is on the ropes. Two on, nobody out. He is working like a glacier. There was one point where it was a minute 22 seconds in between pitches. And to be fair, Travis Darno hasn't caught him before, so they were kind of feeling each other out. But man, come on, guys, while we're young. Well, anyway, Snell on the ropes just kind of finds his way through it. He strikes out three in a row, takes him five hours to do it, but still terrific changeup, devastating curve, 
And it's first inning issues all year for the Red Sox. They're hitting 183 in the first inning, 268 on base percentage. That's the worst in the American League. On to the second inning, uh, 3-1 cutter from Rodriguez, hammered by Guillermo Heredia for a long home run. Then he appeared to flip the double bird to his own dugout as he rounded third, which is charming. Uh, bottom of the second, again, you got two on, nobody out. Sam Travis and JBJ get that done. Up comes Sandy Leone, 6-for-11 lifetime against Snellzilla. Six runs batted in in his last six games, but he strikes out. JBJ is picked off. Marco Hernandez, at least. And, you know, again, I like seeing this guy come up. Opposite field, lefty versus lefty. He gets one on his shoes. He spoons it in the left, drives in a run, makes him three for six since coming up. So that that's all good. Then the game just kind of stalled. It was three to one at that point. And then Brandon Lau, who is not a big guy, uh, but he can lift and separate with the best of them. First pitch fastball from Eddie, 455 feet beyond the triangle. So, Michael Chavis, I love you, buddy. But right now, this, Brandon Lau guy, this is your American League Rookie of the Year. 5'10", 185, uh, former Maryland Terp. Looks like a twerp, not a Terp. I mean, just a a really skinny-looking guy. But fear the turtle. It's his 12th of the year, 4-1 to raise at that point. Uh, Bottom of the sixth, Avasil Garcia can't handle a deep fly ball from Xander Bogarts and right. Two-base error. Great opportunity to break through. They don't. Uh, top of the seventh, Yandy Diaz, number 10 off Walden. And then Lau again, beyond the triangle, one more time. Lifted a slider for number 13, his second of the day. That one only 435 feet. But at that point, the Sox outscored 21-9 to in the series. They end up going 1-for-13 with runners in scoring position Sunday, 5-for-36 in the series. So you, you can just kind of figure where we're going with this. As the Red Sox lose 6-1 to on Sunday, lose 3 out of 4 for the weekend. And I know people are starting to kind of sour on the ice horse now. Michael Chavis is in a spin. There's no question. Three strikeout games, six times in 45 big league ball games. Ted Williams had half of that. Uh, three times he did that in about 2,300 big league games. And I know times have changed, but Chavis is starting to strike out a lot. So the Sox, uh, last 10 home games are three and seven, outscored 63 to 40. Tampa Bay puts a little bit more distance between second place and third. Alex Cora talking to the media after the game. Started slow with Eduardo. He made some adjustments throughout. Um, I think three, four, five was good. Then he left a fastball down the middle, but uh, just uh, that first inning wasn't great. They've done an outstanding job throughout the season, jumping jumping ahead. Um, now, um, just one of those that. He didn't execute early, and they took advantage of it. Then he executed, and then he left a pitch in, in the middle of the zone, to, and, and the kid hit out of the ballpark. Um, now they're a good team. They took three out of four. Um, you know, they can pitch. They can play defense. I've been seeing it all along. You know, it's a complete team. So, you know, now they're out of here now, and we got to concentrate in Texas. Alex, this is four weekend series in a row where you've played a team in first place or within percentage points of mm-hmm. first, and lost all four series. What, what does that say about where you guys are right now relative to the better teams in the league? Uh, uh, right now they're better than us, and we got to keep getting better. Uh, we got to keep working. Uh, we've been saying all, all along, you know, um, you know, better with men in scoring position, execute out of the bullpen, um, everything, everything. So, um, you know, um, like I said, you know, Texas is playing well too. We, they're coming in tomorrow. It's a four-game series. we we got to, you know, that do what we're supposed to do. Yeah, just keep getting better. Um, you know, today we put pressure on Snail the, the whole day. We just didn't score enough runs, but you know, uh, you know, 
we had second and third with no outs right away. We, we, didn't, we didn't score. So we got to take advantage of the situation. That's something that you know, we've been talking about, about it for a while, and we need to execute. Just mentioned it, and you've been talking about, it, like you said, for a while. But with runs in scoring position and men on, it's not like you can see the guys, like whether they're watching video or studying. But how do you shift? No, we keep addressing it. We keep talking about it. Um, you know, it's game planning. Well, he made some good pitches too, but uh, it's game planning. We have to attack them as a group. Like I said earlier today, you know, sometimes it's just and do little things. You know, grumble up the middle. If they, you know, make contact and you know, all that stuff. You know, that uh, helps you. To get the the big end, we we haven't done that in, in a while, you know, and uh, you know, we 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 have to start doing it. I was about to say, is there a point where I know you can look at it over the course of a longer season and just say, well, this is a patch where you know we just haven't come through with it. But and is there, can you still believe like well, it'll just, the numbers will even out in that particular situation? And so you know, we have. That's the hope. Yeah. Right. <laughs> All right. Just just with guys out right now, you know, Mookie's at bats are going to be a little more magnified. You know, what do you? What do you think of where he's at, you know, these last couple of weeks? I'll keep searching, you know. He's, um, as long as he stays in the zone, that's that's the most important thing. Uh, he expanded a little bit, I think, today. i, I got to look back at the video. But, you know, the most important thing is dominating the strike zone. That, that's what you got to do. Um, you know, some some days you're going to feel great at the plate. Others, uh, not so great. But if he keeps dominating the strike zone, good things are gonna are gonna happen. You know, get your walks. You know, work the count if you're gonna work it, and keep swinging the strikes. I think that's a that's that's what's the most important thing, not only for him but for everybody. Anything else on, on JD from when we talked to before the game? Any more word on? Um, he's coming tomorrow um, and get some treatment and see if uh, you know um, go through a workout and see where he's at. Uh, considering where you guys were last year at this time, have you noticed any market differences at all in terms of where the team was at this point last year versus where they are today? Difference between the yeah, team? on or off the field at all? Um, not really. I mean, we're not producing. That's it. We haven't been consistent. And last year we were very consistent from day one all the way to the end, and we haven't been consistent. All right. So there's the skipper. Now we got to look ahead. You've got the Texas Rangers coming in, and the good news is Chris Sale, who's been dealing of late, he gets the ball Monday night. Sale with 24 strikeouts and 14 innings against the Rangers last year. It's their ace going, too. Their lefty ace, Mike Miner, who's been uh, just resurrected this year. 2.55 ERA is better than Sale's. Tuesday is another 7-10 game. Same Wednesday, same Thursday. Tuesday is a TBD for Boston on the mound. Porcello goes Wednesday, and Price goes on Thursday. The Rangers are 34-30. and 30. That is better, as you may have ascertained, than the Red Sox. They're getting not just a resurgent year, kind of a rise from the ashes year from, from minor. We talked about that. But Shinsu Chu is 36. Hunter Pence is 36. Asdrubal Cabrera is 33. All those guys are having huge years for a first-year manager, Chris Woodward. You know, Hunter Pence is a guy I thought was about done. I don't know about you guys, but he comes home to, to Arlington, Texas. He grew up about five minutes from that ballpark. 13 home runs, a team-best 41 runs batted in. Chu's got 11 home runs. He's got 16 doubles. He's hitting 287. So uh, you, you like all of that. Uh, Nomar Mazzara, the guy that's hit exactly 20 home runs three years in a row, he's on pace for exactly 20 again. He's got nine right now, 35 home runs, and he's hitting 270. Elvis Andrews is hitting 303 for these guys. Bullpen's a little wonky, but uh, they've got a better record overall now than 
than the Red Sox do. So just, just putting that out there. We hope, we certainly hope that the Red Sox now will remember who they are. This whole turn the page thing actually sounds like a pretty good idea because this whole sequel uh, paradigm that Alex Cora floated out there, uh, again, I'm not saying it's as bad as Anchorman 2. Nothing's as bad as Anchorman 2. But we got so sold on the original. We all thought that was such a great movie, so to speak, that the 2018 Red Sox were as much fun as the original Anchorman, in my humble opinion. You just don't want to see it sullied with a a, a follow-up that, that leaves you wanting not just more, but just anything else. And, and that's the, the dangerous ground that we're starting to drift towards right now because you, you just don't want to look at the exact same team, the exact same roster, and have such a completely different feeling. So uh, it's certainly not too late to turn this around, to, to get our emotions, to get all the feels pointed correctly here, as my kids would say. I, I really do hate all the feels, but the feels currently are sour because uh, we're now at about 97, 98 games to go. It's not like it's 130. It's not super early anymore. And when you're looking around and you're basically right there with the White Sox and the Rangers and some of the teams you thought you'd just be way, way better than, that's why you've got that feeling in your stomach that we're, we're trying to help you get rid of. So uh, nice series to do that with the, the Rangers. If you take three out of four or, dare I say, four out of four, then you start to feel like, okay, got this thing figured out, and the next time you face a good team, you'll feel better. That opportunity will be against the Minnesota Twins. We talked about how you've got the Orioles uh, in between the, the Rangers and, uh, and Minnesota. That's going to be the weekend series, and if the, uh, the train is going to get back on track here, at one point or another, you got to start feeling good on the weekend. And uh, I would say those games in Baltimore gives you that opportunity. But first things first, got to take care of Texas. All right, that's the ramble. That's the best I can do for you on a Sunday into Monday. Uh, Hope you're feeling good about other things in your life. And uh, sorry, the Red Sox are, are probably not one of them right now. They dropped three out of four to Tampa Bay. That's the podcast. Talk to you guys. Bye. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. See T-Mobile.com. 